0: Welcome back to The Goddess Needs Crowd. This is Jason Broughton. Today we have back with us Dave Peterson. Welcome back, Dave. Thank you. We are looking at the gospel reading for Quinquagesima. It comes from the gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 18, verses 31 to 43. I'll read that in the English Standard Version. And taking the twelve, Jesus said to them, See, we are Going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles, whom will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. As he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, "'Jesus of Nazareth is passing by.' And he cried out, "'Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me.' And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, "'Son of David, have mercy on me.' And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, "'What do you want me to do for you?' He said, "'Lord, let me recover my sight.' And Jesus said to him, "'Recover your sight.' Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Okay. So context uh, within the pre-Lent as well as within the Gospel of Luke. What are we looking at here?
1: Well, in, in the Gospel, I mean, the next chapter is Palm Sunday. So so this is, you know, on the way to Jericho, but really on the way to Jerusalem, okay. right? it's uh it's parallel the the parallels in um, Matthew and in Mark follow the same structure um, the the passion prediction, the misunderstanding, and then Bartimaeus, who's given the name in Mark, but also uh, going back just a little bit further, you also have this context of the rich young ruler coming mm. and then you know. And then, and then Jesus saying, "Right, you can't go to heaven if you're rich." And then Peter saying, "We've lot, left everything to follow you. What will we get?" Mm-hmm. And so this this is uh, this taking them aside. I, w- I would translate that. I like you know it has a the verb has a prefix there. So I can't. You your translation just had he took the twelve. I can't remember
0: and taking the twelve. Yeah,
1: yeah, and taking the twelve. So I mean. Uh, that it's a part, of, but right. I, I would say, yeah, he takes them apart. Okay. So, anyway, the, so I think uh, so. That's the context. Anyway, it's somewhat of a response to Peter's uh, question about what will they get for leaving everything.
0: Um, so you're you're understanding then, the paralambano as a um, kind of a, a setting aside or a taking aside into uh, the council of the twelve just by themselves. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, it doesn't—it doesn't have to be read that way, but anyway, the, within pre-Lent, of course. I mean, this is the last Sunday before Ash Wednesday. Um, it's in the context of the gospel. It's actually in the same position as as the gospel for uh, Septuagesima. Mm-hmm. So there, there's sort of a sense in which the three Sundays there's no passage of time, right? But but yeah, I, I mean, certainly this idea of you know very much now an explicit passion prediction, an explanation of of what's going to happen in Holy Week before we start Lent. It's Lent proper.
0: Okay. So the the focus there is really on making the way to Jerusalem.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the uh, the contrast between the blindness of the disciples and the faith of Bartimaeus. I just noticed when you were reading. Well, I noticed it when I was preparing for this, but I didn't. I hadn't put my finger on it. This uh, in verse thirty-four, this threefold blindness mm-hmm. of the of the apostles, right? Because yeah. it says what they don't understand, uh, right? They it do not hidden. understand these things. It was hidden, and then they did not know.
0: They did not grasp. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. So you've got you've got three, and that's really. Uh, you know, that that kind of emphasis, it's not necessary to just get the fact across, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be repeated twice for us to, to understand it, uh, but it's a matter of emphasis and, and really kind of driving the point home, how blind they are.
0: But the, And it's a strange phrase, this saying was hidden from them. That passive um, construction, at least in the yeah. English, um Indicates that that God is hiding these things from them, even though He's <laughs> He's telling them <laughs> straightforward right right before that. So it's kind of interesting to think what what's being hidden. Is it being hidden yeah. from them in such a way that they will go with Him, so that they'll you know kind of like um, wh- when I f- first got out into the ministry, there's a there's a a certain zeal that you think like, you know, you're going to explain things and everyone's just going to go along with it and it's going to be great. And then the longer you're out, you realize that you're, you're getting pushback. And sometimes that can make you not want to go down a road, but other times it just makes you like, okay, I know what I'm going to get. So I need to do it anyway. Um, is, is that the sense that it was hidden from them so that they wouldn't um, shrink back
1: from what was coming? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it could be that they're, yeah, I mean, that think that's definitely reasonable. And I mean, I think that makes sense contextually, that that uh, it's being hidden from them uh, in order to spare them. Because if they would have known, they would have just left, they would have lost the faith. Yeah. So sort of like, you know, not to, uh, lots of things in life, right? Who would get married if he knew, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Right. And, uh, you know, and yet at the same time, you know, we would we would love to avoid all this pain and this sorrows, but but out of those things does come so much of our joy. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of common for old people to look back and say, yeah, if I would have known, I maybe would have avoided it, but I'm glad I couldn't and didn't because I wouldn't have known all these great things, right? Right. And I mean, that can be come off. Well, I mean it can be pretty sappy but it's legit and I so you, it could be a kind of mercy from God to if they knew they would be terrified and they would lose the faith and so he hides it from them so they can go I guess I've usually I haven't usually read it that way I th- I think I've usually just seen it as part of their uh, obstinance and just exaggerating their kind of foolishness in order to in order to contrast them with Bartimaeus and Okay. Yeah, because it is funny. He says it. I mean, this is this is absolutely explicit, right? This is yeah, and this isn't the first time. There's no figurative language. There, there, no, it's not, and also there's also a threefold uh, an, another kind of threefold thing in this is the uh, uh, it's the mocking, insulting, and spitting, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. You know, those are those are again really parallel, I mean, s- synonymous things actually. Uh, so. But, but there's but there, it's so it's a little bit of poetic kind of thing in there, I suppose, but it's not symbolic language or it's not figurative language. Mm-hmm. Even I don't know how to allegorize this, right?
0: <laughs> so <laughs> if that's the case then, do you think that verse thirty four is just um, saying they really didn't understand? They had no inkling of really what all that meant. They just kind of went along.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've always thought it was even though it is passive, I, I've always thought it was sort of willful on their part. They don't want to understand either. Okay. You know, they don't want to think about these things. But I like I like the idea that I like your idea of maybe it's hidden from them out of compassion so that they'll go do what they're supposed to do.
0: Yeah. I mean that happens you know, a lot. Which, in our know,
1: it, do, it, <laughs> it does. It does. It really does, right? There's all sorts of things we wouldn't do if we knew, but then we've done it, now it's too late and we're like, yeah. I, I wouldn't mean, have you had know, it any
0: other way. I yeah, probably would have right. tried to avoid it, but I was too ignorant or too young or too zealous to to give it a thought. And in the midst of it, I saw it, you know, the ramifications of everything that was going on. And had I known, I probably wouldn't have gone down that road, but I'm glad I did.
1: Right. And certainly the apostles would say that. I mean, they're glad they went down that road, and so are we.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, I like that. I think, that's, I think that's good.
0: Well, there could be also, in Luke, you have the, with the parable that's for sexagesima, you have the, I say these things in parables so that those who see might not see and those who are blind will see. Um, and here you have those who have eyes, they don't understand, they don't see, they don't grasp, it's hidden. But though the one who's blind, he's actually gets it.
1: Yeah. And can't be shut up, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. They're they're passive, he's active. Mm-hmm. Also. You've you've got that too. It's a yeah. Okay. I like the idea that this I like the you know, this this catechesis this passion prediction being a response to peter's um you know we've left everything to follow you which jesus i'm always kind of surprised that jesus goes along with that you know um and then says well you know you'll get a you'll get a hundredfold you'll get thrones of glory and you'll get eternal life Mm -hmm. uh but then he says this and it's i think there's a certain sense in which I, i don't want to call it a rebuke but it's it is a kind of correction, right? That he's like, there's more stuff to leave. <laughs> um, you haven't really left everything. Uh, you haven't really suffered for the kingdom yet, mm-hmm. but you're going to. Yeah. And
0: well, so- I wonder if you have, you know, with that para lombano, instead of like taking aside, side, taking along with him.
1: Yeah, that's right. That would work. So, yeah. and then
0: he says, you know, look, we are going up to Jerusalem. So it's it's not just see the son of man is going up I am going we are going.
1: That's it, good. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we are going up to Jerusalem, right? And then all the things that are written about me by the prophets mm-hmm. will be perfected, right? Completed. What <laughs> what do you say accomplished? Fin- what finished? I don't know. Accomplished. A- accomplished, yeah. I mean it is that tellestai word so um i'd sort of like to render it completed rather than i don't know perfected perfected is is going to come off weird i mean just but finished everything will be finished there you go we should we should translate it that way that way it'll match our translations for good friday
0: yeah i mean it's uh is it the same word telesthesitai yeah yeah
1: I mean, it's not the same. It's I don't not, think it's the same form of the word. No, it's not. But it's, it's the same word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It will be carried out. Yeah, it'll be completed. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. It'll be. It'll all be finished. It'll be completed. Everything that, that's written, and then, and then, this is the way that all of that's filled out, and that's that's great too. That that's certainly a correction against this, um, you know, popular idea that the Messiah is going to be a earthly ruler, you know, Mm -hmm. that's going to restore a temporal political kingdom to Israel. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. this is the way that everything, this is the way that all that royal talk in, you know, in the Bible is going to be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. The the throne isn't going to be in Jerusalem. It's going to be outside the city gates, you know, all that stuff. So, so after
0: this comes Zacchaeus and then the, parable of the minus is there anything to that Hmm. so probably <laughs> I,
1: uh well the people who i mean it's a, it's in jericho he's an unlikely believer again i suppose but mm-hmm. I, I mean he is that the part of the problem is the people that are unlikely believers in the bible don't seem unlikely to us because we're used to them right right we know the pharisees are the bad guys but i I mean that's one of the things that's sort of difficult to get across. The Pharisees are the good guys, right, and you know i mean th- that's why it's sort- you know these things are meant to be kind of shocking and and tax collectors were really, really rotten people right i mean they you know they weren't just you know slightly distasteful or they i mean they weren't like they're adulterers, you know which of course these days we think adultery is just no big deal, but you know it's not like they were just People that were caught up in their own lusts or their own passions and, and caved into them. They weren't addicts or, you know, they were actively oppressing and cheating their own people, you know, for, for filthy lucre. Game. Mammon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean and in you know, and you know, money that was corrupt in the sense that it was, you know, foreign. And mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, they're they're really pretty rotten. So Uh, And I think this whole thing about him being short is a bit of a mocking of him too. Just, just like today still, right. It's, you know, short men, which by, which I am, uh, right. But I mean, that's not good. That's not what we want. That's not what a man's supposed to be.
0: Right. So it's like the big truck syndrome. Yeah. Um, The, the, you know, there are certain things that it's like, so he's short. So it's, so it's even worse. Because he's yeah. going to try to uh, impose his authority and his uh, his supposed manliness and power to 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 make up for his shortcomings.
1: Right. So he's going to be even a worse Worst. tax collector. Right. Than if he was right, more tar- more tyrannical. Yeah.
0: Right. No, that's good. I've never really thought about it that way. Um, but this is really the case, you know. When you when you think of someone who is lacking in kind of stature, uh, and how they can try to impose all those other things to make up for uh, their feeling of inadequacy,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, it's it stinks being short, man. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm not know, super I've, tall. <laughs> you know, the the, the uh, it's every. I mean, all through all through school, I mean, height is an advantage and. Every sport except being a jockey, and my school didn't have any horse racing teams. So, you know, it's uh, you're always kind of under it in terms of uh, the physical reality. So, so there you go. Anyway, back to Bar- Bartimaeus. Also, uh, oh, I did I looked at the parallels a little more carefully this time. Okay, and it's Mark ten and Luke Matthew twenty. So, in all three of them. You have the passion prediction, which follows, you know, they're very similar. And then in the Bartimaeus account, all three of them have the crowd trying to quiet, you know, him. Mm-hmm. And then all three have him saying, son of David, have mercy. Okay. And then in all three, of course, he sees and he follows. So um, there's some. there are some variants, like Matthew has two people, two blind guys, and... Uh, he's given, the, you know, his name is given and his father's name is given in Mark. Um, and two of them, it, it is, you know, your faith has saved you. I can't remember which one didn't have it. Ours does, Luke does, but there, there's some variation. But I think, you know, those, those are the three primary things that the crowd, including the disciples, wants to quiet him. Mm-hmm. He's persistent in this prayer and his prayer is sophisticated They tell him Jesus of Nazareth is passing by, Uh, right? Mm -hmm. Or is that in the other ones? No, that's right. They told him Jesus of Nazareth. I mean, that's not a very – that doesn't – they don't say Jesus, the son of David, the Messiah, who has authority to have mercy. They don't even say – I mean, Jesus of Nazareth is not his best title in a way, Mm -hmm. right? It's the title Pilate will use on the cross, but – so, I mean, he, he discerns that Jesus is more than a miracle worker or more than a rabbi. He does call him rabbi in, in one of the accounts, but not in Luke. Um, so, to say he's to, to call him son of David's a confession. Right? He recognizes the messianic mm-hmm. reality. Uh, and of course, you know, the mercy of the Lord endures forever. He's, he's actually asking. So, and yeah, that I mean, gets repeated. He calls him son of
0: David and
1: Kyrios. Lord. Yeah. He does it not in Luke, right? But in... Um, no,
0: in Luke, he calls him Lord. Where? Verse 41. Jesus asks, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh i was side.
1: You got it. I'm sorry. I was looking at the cries. I was I was uh, looking at the cries. Yeah. Yeah, he does in verse 41. He does respond with Lord. Yeah, that's good. I never noticed that. And it's not like epistata. It's not the... Right. I think... Um, I think think he might say, Lord, Son of David, in one of the, um, have mercy on me, in one of the other two. Maybe I made that up, but I thought, I'm going to look real quick, because now now I want to know. I'll look up Mark 10, you look up Matthew 20. Okay. So it's Mark 10, 46, Matthew 20, 29.
0: In Matthew 20, he says, Lord, have mercy on us, Son of David.
1: Yeah, that was it then. Okay, so he does do it, so you got it there, too. Um, so that's,
0: and, uh, and, and it's curious in both, and it's, right. it's actually, he says, they say Lord three times in Matthew 20 verses mm. 29 to 34. It says, Lord have mercy on us, son of David. And then they repeat that mm. Lord have mercy on us, son of David. He asks, what do you want me to do for you? They said, Lord, let our eyes be opened.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that these that Luke and Mark cut that other guy out. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know why. I just he's cut out. So uh, I have some ideas for. I mean, that's a pretty straightforward account. It's not really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I think well, you know.
0: The, here's a question I've always wondered: Is why does Jesus ask, "What do you want me to do for you?" Is it not obvious? <laughs> and is is there something you know what's the question behind the question for jesus asking that what's he really want to know
1: oh i think it's just that um he want i mean the guy the guy gets to be heard okay right that the the prayer was not drowned out and so he's I mean, I think it's a kindness and a sign of respect of jesus, okay to stop every stop everything and to listen and to make sure that the prayer you know was was heard not that he didn't hear it, but you know that the guy the guy doesn't know what he heard mm-hmm. so I've always taken it as a it's it's the i think it's a demonstration of jesus patience in this, right there is this kind of uh You know, remarkable thing that he's not in a hurry. So they're trying to quiet They're trying to get this guy to shut up because they don't want to be slowed down. They're probably hungry, right? They're almost to Jerusalem. And, uh, you know, if Jesus gets distracted and starts healing people, this is going to take longer. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, why would they try to squash this guy? Or they're embarrassed you know, by him, by the blind guy in some way. Or they, they don't want to get slowed down or delayed, or they're embarrassed, or I don't know, they don't think Jesus can actually help. I mean, that's I suppose another possibility. But but in any case, right, Jesus in contrast is in no hurry. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got all the time in the world for this guy, even though he's on his way to the cross. So that's how I've taken it. I don't I don't think he's you know expecting the blind man to make some confession like you know forgive my sins or something
0: gotcha um, th- okay so and then the second thing is is there any significance to jericho and is it just a uh, a place marker because obviously that's where they were <laughs> uh right but um so is it just a historical marker or is there some other significance
1: with with Gideon, you mean, or well, with uh,
0: um, well, I mean, with you know, Joshua, with right, um,
1: yeah, you've got multiple the, the parable I mean, a significant- of
0: the Good Samaritan.
1: Samaritan, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's I think it's Jericho's significance has has always been its proximity to Jerusalem, mm-hmm. right? That, yeah. that it's on the way to Jerusalem, and I mean, I think it's defined by that. But then there are these historic Events also that mm-hmm. took place there, but well, it, yeah, it, it's not that Jericho. It always
0: strikes yeah, go ahead. me that, um, you know, so in the the Joshua account, it's never supposed to be rebuilt, um, and then oh. it's always being. I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> the case, um, and then it's always being referred, you know, as the city in the New Testament, um, and so it was rebuilt. <laughs> so what's what's with that?
1: I don't know. Um, I mean everything was rebuilt eventually yeah. right I mean I mean and, and was and was meant to be eventually in the sense that it was supposed to be occupied Yeah uh I mean most of it was meant to be occupied it's just that you 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 weren't supposed to plunder it you know that stuff was idolatrous and was supposed to be destroyed yeah. along with the people but I don't I don't know that was is Jericho singled out as nobody should ever live here kind of a you know that sort of a way or was it just destroy the pagan stuff.
0: I thought it was like no stone left upon another and this is never to be a city again.
1: That was my okay. impression. I don't I'm not I don't remember that. I I'm, I'm not doubting it. I just don't know. So yeah.
0: Okay. That's well, interesting. I, yeah. So I I mean I just remember last time I was reading through like, wow that that seems like that's not what happened. <laughs> I remember <laughs> thinking that well, that, would that, was no reading- super, that
1: would be no surprise yeah that would be no surprise. Well, I true, mean, true. I mean, we know they, they were they were terrible about fulfilling you know those commands, right? Um, but I mean, if that's the case, then it would seem as though Jer- Jericho is a illegitimate city. Um, I mean, right. you do have a blind man and tax collectors living there.
0: Um, yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, it is a straightforward, as you said, the disciples are the spiritually blind the blind man physically blind is not um what how do you handle this in preaching
1: uh well i mean i think you could you could do obviously lots of things but i think it would be could be well done to just focus on the passion prediction by itself Mm -hmm. uh you know, and then to sort of uh, look through at this. You know, he was delivered to the Gentiles, and he rises again on the third day. They mock, insult, and spit, whip, and kill him. Mm. And I, I think it could be, it could get hokey, but I think you could go through this mocking, insulting, and spitting, and sort of uh, say, how is God mocked among us? Mm-hmm. And I would say we particularly you know to take the nuances of those words uh, you know not just as synonyms, so I think he's mocked in the worst ways when we commit willful conscious sins when we when we do not resist sin but simply give in to it because we just don't really believe God is powerful mm-hmm. right or his law is any threat and and so forth and I think that could be. Profitable to to explore the kind of how bad we really are in some ways, and to recognize that our sins—it's not just that they hurt us; they're actually mocking. You know, the God who died for us. In terms of insulting, I think um, we we particularly insult God when we insult believers when we we gossip about them or slander about them. Mm. Uh, and, and the like right you know sort of like what's said to paul what well, you've done to the least of these you've done to me you know we're not prone to saying you know we're not going to say you know god is a you know a poop head but you know <laughs> we say pretty unkind <laughs> things and call names even right well uh, but so- we do
0: we do um we do easily take up the position of adam you know the woman you gave me. Yeah, There, are, yeah, certain, there yeah. are certain times when we insult him like that, where we blame right. God.
1: We bl- yeah, yeah. That's right. We also, I think, uh, you know, we when we we treat God and His name in ways that are too casual. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, this might hit a little too close to home for some of our listeners, but I'll tell you, I really, I really dislike, you know, when people are like, "Hey, the big guy upstairs," or you know, whatever that kind of. Talk about God,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I find that really irreverent and inappropriate. And uh, when we treat, I mean, we do we do sometimes, yeah, it's hard to, but what we do sometimes insult him by taking him too lightly and using his name in ways that may not be blasphemous or even kind of obviously vain, mm-hmm. uh, but but really are, yeah. Well,
0: and then this is the yeah. kind of the flip side to when Luther talks about you know, not despising, preaching in his word, and yeah. we hear despising yeah. as primarily uh, an act of hatred, but there's another side to that, which is kind of a passive not giving the honor that it's due. And so we don't treat right. it as highly or as significant as we ought to treat it. Yeah we treat it lightly and so it's that sounds to go along with what you were saying
1: yeah sort of faint yeah yeah all right and then uh spit upon i was thinking this could be really particularly sins that are committed in the body uh so self abuse
0: mm-hmm. gluttony
1: laziness right when we t- when we treat the temple of the holy spirit our own bodies in ways that are vile or inappropriate mm. uh and, you know, we probably do need to preach against self-abuse. Uh, I mean, we do talk about it in various places. I don't know that I've ever used the term in a sermon,
0: but... So you mean, uh, like, cutting?
1: Um, no. And, no, what do you mean? I mean, masturbation. Oh, gotcha. Uh so I was trying not to say that, but I guess we needed to, and probably you wouldn't a sermon too, I suppose, for the same reason. So to 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 recognize that this is a you know a lot of times when we've talked about that you know we'll say well you know that like when we're talking to like teenagers you know well that's a sin against your future wife uh, true right it's a violation of the sixth commandment and the sixth commandment's about holy marriage mm-hmm. but it's also uh, it's also a sin against the holy spirit
0: yeah. Well, that's right. how St. Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians, doesn't he?
1: Right. Most sins yes. are done
0: outside the body, um, but yeah. this is done to, to the body, to the temple of the Holy Spirit.
1: Right. and I, So I think the spitting could be connected to that, right? It's like this physical, completely unimaginable that you would spit on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then look at, you know. So that could be, to go through that, I think could be powerful if it was done well, Mm-hmm. Uh, and it could be provide i mean it could be in a way that actually you know helps people consider their sins appropriately and well that would be helps them repent. that that would be
0: a, a maybe a good exercise because often we take um all of the promises that you know we are temples of the holy spirit that god is with us always uh, Will never leave or forsake us. We take all of these things as promises uh, of good things. Um, but do we ever sit back and think that means that he's with you uh, <laughs> even when you're doing all these awful things to yourself?
1: Right, that you wouldn't want anyone to know about. Right. And, and he knows. Yeah. So right, I think, uh, and so I was—I forgot to say this. So I was gonna, you know, he's delivered to the Gentiles. We are the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. He's been delivered to us. We have mocked him. We have insulted him. We have spat upon him. Mm -hmm. But then you got a nice gospel thing too, right? He is delivered to us in the sacrament, right, for the forgiveness of sins. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the opposite of mocking or trusting, or the or the virtue that corresponds to the vice of mocking God, I think, is believing him, trusting in him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Even if it seems foolish to the world. Uh the opposite of insult. I think insults, by the way, are driven by pride. So the uh right, we're we're insulting because we're proud. And so the response to that is humility, right? Kneeling to receive the sacrament, confessing your sins, right? I love that we kneel to receive the sacrament. And I love also the ceremony of having the pastor put it in your mouth because it's so passive mm-hmm. and it's so Week right? Mm-hmm. So, those are nice ceremonies that uh, correspond to what we want to be in our hearts.
0: So, where are the disciples in this? Because you have in, immediately, Jesus says, we are going up, and then yeah. he, he, the Son of Man, he will be delivered over to the Gentiles. <laughs> and after flogging him, they, assuming the Gentiles, will kill right? him but it's not just the gentiles it's also the pharisees and the scribes and the chief priests and then in 34 but they so are they part so are the disciples then part of the gentiles in this in the they in verse 33 or is it a different group
1: i mean i i think it's a different group but i i mean i i think this is where we can i suppose allegorize it i mean mm-hmm. we're not the people that actually physically scourged Jesus and mm-hmm. drove nails into him and so forth. And neither are they, but but there is this that he's doing this for us and we are or have done this to him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I think that I think that the he will be delivered to the Gentiles is a reference to the Romans who will actually carry this out. Mm-hmm. And I mean there is some slapping, right, in the Caiaphas's court mm-hmm. and there's definitely mocking. Uh you know, they stand at the cross and say you know, he saved others. He can't save himself, and that's in the mouth mm-hmm. of the Sanhedrin, right, or of the priests. So, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think that they're. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's a good question. Now, I, now I'm, I'm thinking about it. I, he's delivered to the Gentiles will be mocked. It, you're, I mean, verse thirty three doesn't have to refer only to the Gentiles. Okay. I mean, it, it looks like it does grammatically. But, you know, in real in the real world, you know, we don't always line up the antecedent and the pronoun perfectly. Correct. And okay. I, I think you're right as I'm thinking about this. I, you know, they is not just the specific Gentiles that carry out the act. I think this is mm-hmm. humanity. Humanity does this.
0: Mm-hmm. So how do the disciples mock and shamefully treat and spit upon him?
1: I think it's just like the kinds of stuff we were just talking about, right? I mean, that they're... I mean, they're they're complicit in what happens by their by their failure yeah, to resist, yeah. right? In their kind of passiveness, of course. Um, I mean, Peter does, you know, uh, insult Jesus really right. at, in the when is in his denial, um, and then I mean, I think the the spit upon. I don't know. I mean, it's they don't do that literally, um, but I think you know, again, they're not treating their bodies as the temple of the Holy Spirit, you know, and the like.
0: Mm-hmm. I,
1: You know, I, in fairness, um, I mean, I'm I thinking of this sort of homiletically, but I mean, I think in the text itself, mocking, insulting, and spitting upon are really s- synonymous. This is not three distinct actions, but just one reality.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I think that, so there's a, that was a great post on the Goddess blog a couple of weeks ago, from scott adell about poetry did you read that
0: yeah i posted it for him
1: um oh you posted it for him yeah i thought it was great and uh i did i really enjoyed that article he linked and and the things that he wrote and uh it's got me looking i'm seeing poetry more places in the bible than i used to Mm -hmm. which is fun and i mean this is one of those places right Uh, just like we saw earlier that's you know when they're when the things repeated three times you know that's a that's a figure of speech. There's a, a, a kind of, it's not just straight up prose. Mm-hmm. And so you had that earlier with the foolishness or the obtuseness and the lack of understanding in the disciples, and now you have it here again. Yeah. Um, so, But I think, you know, even though maybe the, the point of it would be, right, the point of repeating things that don't need to be repeated in order to convey facts is to cause us to keep thinking about them Mm. And and to make us kind of slow down, and so I think it's legit to say, well, sure, mocking, insulting, and spitting upon, in some sense, are a single action of the that, that you know is attendant to the Jesus fake trial and part of his suffering. At the same time, you know, pulling out the nuances of each word and sort of allowing it to wash over us and taking the time to to ponder is good.
0: Mm-hmm. How does Bartimaeus not do those things in What Follows?
1: Huh. Well, I mean, he calls him by his title, the Messianic title, Mm -hmm. and asks him to fulfill his office of mercy. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, he prays, he's actually speaking good words as opposed to insults or mocking. And even in the request that he would receive his sight Right. This is what this is what God wants to do. This is according to His character and His will to restore creation and reorder it. Mm-hmm. So ever, all the words that Bartimaeus speaks are God pleasing. And then it, it ends with them. pray We didn't talk about that, but right. And you've also got that. Uh, there's some repetition there too.
0: Yeah, the of, glorifying uh, you know,
1: God and they gave praise. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also in the seeing again and seeing again and seeing again. Right. Yeah. You get that. Get that uh several times. But yeah, the the glorifying God and praising God or giving giving of praise to God. Mm-hmm. So,
0: so in 34 they don't see, they don't understand, and in 43 they do see even the ones who are blind, and when they see it, they give praise to God.
1: And follow. Mm-hmm. I would right. Oh, yeah, yeah. So right, but the uh right. I I, I really think praise is the most that's what we were created for. Praise is the most comprehensive term of what it is to be a Christian, and I mean we've kind of lost the word because because the word praise like praise songs. I mean that basically means shallow songs, right? right. Or uh, you know, kind of uh, self. Um, what's the word? They're they're like. Uh, <laughs> they're they're like erotic, um, what's yeah, the word? Sweet. Ecstatic.
0: Yeah, ecstatic.
1: Yeah, it, you know this kind of like 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 the speaking in tongues, right? Is this ecstatic speech thing, and which by the way the pagans have that too, where they <laughs> they go into their mind into sort of an auto erotic kind of yeah, you know, they're just in their own right, and um, it's not yeah, good, it's, and it's it's a caving over to the passions. Um, uh, that that that's how. Sadly, I mean, what what passes itself off as praise in the American church is like that. Unfortunately, yeah, it's and like
0: it's, the erotic oracles and the right, temple prostitution. A, oh,
1: yeah, right. But in the Bible, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, in the Psalter, in particularly, I mean, the praise praise is not speaking of that sort of thing. Uh, praises confession and uh, a reveling in the history of Israel and of Mm -hmm. God's creation and how in his creation he is, you know, giving the salvation history again and again. And this real deep and abiding joy that is, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it's not me in myself, you know, with my eyes closed, waving back and forth with my hands in the air it's actually this communal liturgical antiphonal reality of confessing and singing together, mm-hmm. and 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 content. I mean, there's you know, it's it's all content. Singing to the Lord a new song, is is not that it's a new tune that's never been heard before. It's <laughs> that it's about the newness of the new creation. So, so anyway, yeah, they 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 praise, they give praise, and he. And He doxologizes, right? And so
0: you mentioned followed him. Does Bartimaeus go to Jerusalem with him?
1: I think so. I, th- I think it doesn't seem like it makes me, you think he just follows him to the restaurant in Jericho and then goes home.
0: I, well, we I think follow- we think of following him in a different way. So I think most people hear this as okay. Now he's a believer, and so he's he's following in the teachings of the Lord. Um, which is kind of a spiritualizing of that. but Yeah. Um, it, so, you know, we're Jesus followers. Sometimes people will yeah. talk about Christians. And so we're walking behind him in what he's taught and trying to stay within his teachings. Um, and that's how we imagine a follower of Jesus. But in... In the New Testament, when Jesus was actually walking among, if they followed him, they they literally followed him, right? They actually yeah. dropped everything and started walking behind him physically.
1: Yeah, I mean that was the call. That was the call earlier in the chapter to the rich young man. You lack one thing. Sell everything and follow me. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he could if he could have spiritualized that, he would have, <laughs> right? Because he uh I don't. I mean, I, it, I. I mean, it's not wrong to spiritualize it. it that, that what you said there is true, of course, right? But I do think in this context that they are literally, physically in space and time on their way to Jerusalem, where all of these things will be completed. And I, I kind of think Bartimaeus goes with him all the way. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I can't prove that, but that seems like the sense of it to me.
0: Yeah. The. the- the most natural reading of it.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I, suppose he could have just followed him physically. Like he could have just followed him to Jericho and then gone home to his wife, I suppose, and been a believer, but he's not mentioned as being in Jerusalem, but.
0: okay, So kind of taking up that literal following, does Bartimaeus see, does he understand in the way that the disciples don't what, All of that means that the Son of Man is going to be delivered over, mocked, shamefully treated, spit, and he still goes. So there are some who get it, and they still go. They're all in. And yet the disciples don't, and they're just along. Um, They follow, but in a different way. Is there a contrast between the disciples here and Bartimaeus that Bartimaeus fully gets it, and yet he still, even still follows?
1: i He may not fully get it mm-hmm. uh he doesn't have to get it to be to be fully loving and trusting gotcha so I, I he doesn't have the i mean as far as we know, he doesn't have the same revelation of this passion prediction, you know, mm-hmm. so he's got all the old testament right he's got you know the suffering servant, he's got all those things but I would say that you know he i think it, it could be that what Bartimaeus has here is a kind of faith like an infant that's just been baptized, that's just rightly, completely confident that Jesus is good, and wherever he goes, I'm going, mm-hmm. and really not giving much thought to to anything but his goodness mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and going along. And so, it, it doesn't have to be necessarily, and this is going to sound, it doesn't have to be a doctrinally sophisticated faith to be a pure faith. Yeah. But I and, mean...
0: So does he does he understand the son of david reference just to his kingly uh his his royal um uh mission or does he does he see it as beyond
1: that oh he sees it be- okay so he's got to see it beyond that because he asks him for sight mm-hmm. and none of the prophets cure blindness okay and it's an explicit messianic sign in isaiah yeah. so the curing of blindness is really a, a big deal and for him to ask to be cured of blindness and and to use this title son of david no i i i don't know how much he understands or how much he he realizes what's going to happen but he is looking for you know He's looking for divine mercy and healing from blindness, and that's messianic. He's mm-hmm. not looking for, you know, help me from the suppression of these Romans that are overtaxing me. Yeah, he he is asking for uh, for more than that. So, so he's not. I just meant,
0: taking up arms, then, like, yeah, let's go show those Romans. No. What what's what?
1: Right, but maybe he doesn't know exactly what's going to happen in Jerusalem, or that it's coming this quick. Or even again, like you know, what it's going to cost him, right? But but I think you know, in, rather than rather than you know, a, a maybe a fully articulate, doctrinally sophisticated faith, he just has a a very pure faith that he recognizes Jesus as the Son of David who will sit on the throne of David forever, mm-hmm. right? And uh, who will, who who is redeeming him?
0: Yeah. All right. So in verse forty-three, it talks about how he follows him, glorifying God. Are those is that in in apposition to like his following is a glorification of God, or oh. is he doing something else that is glorifying to God as he's following him?
1: Oh, I think it. I've. Oh, I think it means he's actually saying things out loud. Gotcha. He's praising God is what. How I've always taken it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know that we'd want to say following God is glorifying him. Mm-hmm. Would we? Could that be appositional? Could could just believing in him be a way to glorify him? Uh it seems like glorifying him requires actually speaking, singing, praising. I mean, it's just it's
0: a uh, I don't know. Uh the the main, it it's the Daxazzo is um participle so it's it i don't know if that could be an apposition if it's participle or not
1: i don't don't, either i don't
0: know enough about the the grammar i'd have to look it up
1: yeah that's what we use wallace for which uh he's the best it's i love that book the intermediate greek grammar i can't remember what his first name is but no it's not bruce I don't know, no. but I, that's a that's a fantastic that that would be that sort of thing is that sort of question he answers so well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, right, he receives his sight, he follows him, he glorifies him. I, I think I would make a distinction between each of those as you know distinct actions. Though again, right, a, a single action, but but uh, three three distinct things at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So what are you going to focus on then? Um, what kind of outline are you uh, thinking of at this point?
1: Well, i ca- I might do that as i I might do that uh, sin thing with the mocking, insulting, and spitting. Um, I mean, I think you, we could certainly. There's room to talk about, you know, to kind of identify with the crowd. You know, uh, are unlike Bartimaeus? Do we? Are we ashamed to cry out? Mm. Uh, I mean, this could be a time to say why don't you want us, why don't you want the the church on Sunday morning to pray for you by name when you have these, you know, is that, I mean, you know, why are you embarrassed? I mean, you know, it's, it's. I don't want to be too hard on people. You know, there's there's a place and maybe a time for some privacy and so forth. But at the same time, we do need to share one another's burdens. Uh, So Mm -hmm. you could talk about that. You could also, or the other side of it, you know, Are you annoyed because this woman is always putting everybody she's ever met in the prayer list? (laughs) (laughs) You know, who are you to, yeah, right. So, you know, that's kind of acting like the crowd. Um, Maybe the, uh, uh, do we, uh, you know, are we just basically kind of ashamed of Jesus in some way or ashamed of, uh, of what he's doing so that, I don't know, we wash away the ashes uh, Mm. too quick don't pray in public, don't witness to people, afraid of giving offense, I don't know, all that stuff. Or do we also then squash others, so maybe other people that want us to pray and we we get annoyed by it? Or do we think ourselves superior because, you know, we don't talk about fasting when we're fasting? Mm-hmm. Or, or or that we don't fast because, you know, we've just sort of, we're so spiritually superior, we've moved beyond the spiritual disciplines of Jesus. Uh <laughs> No, I mean there, there's there's sort of ways that I think we could we could see that uh, we kind of engaged in that, and then like you brought up, you know, are we following? Are we truly following Jesus, and are we doing it for the right reasons, or are we just sort of caught up in the status quo, uh, like the apostles, and maybe even you know, are we afraid? Are we afraid to believe the things that Jesus says? <laughs> you know not just about his crucifixion but how about the end times and his coming again in glory mm. do do we not want to think about those things mm-hmm. or you know i've used this example for so many times but i always tell the story on jackie when when we were newly married she would she was afraid to pray for stronger faith because she her dad had rightly taught her that faith is strengthened through suffering so I think you know. There's there's a little bit of that in all of us. She was just more honest about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, are we are we just really are we really following Jesus if if we're like I don't want to I don't want to suffer? Um, how can I be spared? How can I be rich and get through the eye of the needle? You know, all that stuff. Right. And you know that's 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 kind of a maybe a kind of willful not knowing of what's in store for us. S- parallel to the disciples not knowing I mean right not knowing not understanding and it being hidden from them,
0: yeah, so what are, we, what are we is yeah. there um, some kind of sense in which we we want there to be peace and we don't want uh to stick out, and we want to be kind of left alone, and so we'll hide and um and and not be forthright about who we are and what we believe because cause we just we we just don't want to stick
1: out. Yeah. Yeah. And we just don't want to we just are trying to avoid all unpleasantness. You know, which includes, you know, kind of conflict or awkward conversations mm-hmm. uh or you know, I mean that kind of stuff too. And it's not I mean, yeah, this is the problem with uh examining yourself according to the Ten Commandments <laughs> it's not very flattering uh, 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 so and I, I mean there's some law to be preached in this for sure mm-hmm. because the disciples do fail uh, and but you know at the same time right uh, uh, that's a great that's a, uh, a great thing about we are going up to Jerusalem you know despite their failure he's uh, he's bringing them along even though they're you know they're not good enough. Yeah, but they they still get, they still come along. Yeah, he's taking them along. Yeah, he's taking them along, and he's doing this whether they you know want to close their eyes and pretend it's not happening or not. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, I wonder if there's something there to to kind of mine.
1: Yeah, well, I wonder too. At the end, uh, all the people when they saw it, that I mean, that's got to include the apostles. Mm-hmm. Gave praise to God. So. I mean, they know this thing about the blindness thing too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they see that Jesus again, you know, is fulfilling these messianic realities, and you know, is having compassion on on the people that most need it in a sense, mm-hmm. and is hearing prayers. I mean, there is a, 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 a what are they glorifying and praising God for, right? I mean, it's not just that he he exercised some power and we saw a neat magic trick. I mean. This is really what he's done here: is made the world a, a significantly better place, mm-hmm. right? By by actually helping a human, yeah. And he got nothing out of it. I mean, he didn't charge the guy for it. He didn't, right? This was just this is this is God's. They're giving praise to God because they're moved by what's been revealed to them, which is the heart of the Father in the miracle.
0: Okay. Uh, anything that we didn't cover.
1: No, I think we got it all. Okay.
0: Um, All right. Well, we'll pick up then with Lent One uh, next week. So thanks for your time, Dave.
1: Thank you.